Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Starting out for our first podcast, we're going to recap the newest season of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. Well, hello, Dr. Turner. Welcome back. I'm yeah. excited this week. Yeah, I know. There was a lot of good things going on this week. We can call it good. I, I, it was a lot of drama. It, well, that's what I call good. You got reality <laughs> television. You got some drama. It's good. <laughs> so how about we start out with Ariella and Binium? So we have Ariella, 28, Binium, 29, sweet Binium, and they're in Ethiopia, and they're in the, their apartment cleaning up for Ariella's mother's arrival. And when her mother comes, she is, she already makes comments about the level of poverty that she's seeing in Ethiopia and that it's caused her some chest pains. Mm -hmm. um, Ariella was already concerned about her mother coming in and what her mom might think. And of course, uh, all of her worries were founded because her mother did not care for the apartment, was worried that it wasn't sanitary or safe for Ariella to be living in, much less Ariella to be pregnant and living there. Um, which I found a little bit interesting because people have been living in Ethiopia for a number of years, as well as in other countries. And while the standards of living might be different than the United States, people are still healthy and living. And so that was something that was interesting to me that that popped up when she was making those comments. I think in particular when she was talking about how their water tanks are cleaned out and usually the sanitation level would be very different if it was in the U.S., whereas there they clean it with leaves and that's a common practice and people tend to be okay as well mm -hmm. as in other countries. So, yeah, not to, not to, not to cut, cut in, but I, I think mm -hmm. I, I do like agree with, with what you said about, you know, it's different in terms of their living and, and the practices in terms of how they maintain things. And I think, the the comment about like oh you you clean the tanks out with leaves and i was like well actually soap is not what's cleaning things unless it's some special antibacterial soap that's really just uh -huh. for the smell so i was like uh okay mom <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so 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 that was interesting um but one of the things that Binium ends up bringing up as they're touring the apartment and you know they're expressing some of their concerns is that this apartment isn't their real apartment, that he's actually been working on their real apartment, which was something that was brand new to Ariella. She had not heard of because this was something that Binyam was trying to do as a surprise. So then we see them going to the actual apartment and it is a disaster. It is worse than the apartment that they were in. It was completely unfinished, um, a lot of painting that needed to be done. Um, uh, work on the walls, work in the kitchen, the bath. Every room needed some kind of work. There was electrical work that needed uh, needed to happen, some plumbing, and basically it wasn't a habitable apartment. And so, but the thing that I say is, 
Finian was really trying. He was so proud to show this little apartment off. He was like, look at this two room apartment. Look at this work that I've been doing. You know, you could see a smile on his face. He was just, I, I just think he's one of the sweetest ones this season. Um, again, I might be biased, but he, he was saying, you know, I'm going to work on this. And then when she asked, well, how long is this going to take? He said, Oh, I'll be done with the whole thing in two weeks, which the first thing out of my mouth was laughter because I didn't think there was any way that that could possibly, that looked like a lot. They right. haven't, of all the jobs that Vivian supposedly had, I don't think that one of them was like in construction or in plumbing no, or not electrical. at all. <laughs> yeah. So, or that he builds houses. I didn't see any of that. So I don't know how that's going to be done in two weeks. Yeah. Um, no, but, but I, I agree. Like he, he really was trying and he, you know, wanted to surprise her and make it, you know, a special moment. Um, I will say the, the good thing about this, um, the new apartment, um, is that at least it has a toilet seat. Um, that's so that true, was, yeah. That was some progress. <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, he, he really is trying to, to do his best. And again, like, he doesn't have a lot of uh, financial resources. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be, you know, a challenge for them and, and for, you know, uh, Ariella's mom and parents to sort of accept and sort of going back to what you touched on earlier about sort of mom being really worried and concerned about sort of the differences in sort of their culture and sort of what um, Ariella is sort of used to. And, and she sort of threw a couple jabs in there um, about, you know, wait until your dad sees this. And I was like, oh, how is that going to go? And, um, you know, once dad finds out about this, like what, what is he going to say? that may mm -hmm. really sway Ariella to maybe want, you know, to come back to the United States. And, and I don't know, to be fair, I do have, you know, concerns about just the baby and like with the, I just, I mean, I'm not a parent and I'm not a mom. And so I think mm -hmm. the thing about like feeding the baby and um, like, what are you going to do like with milk and because they're, they don't have a refrigerator, at least in mm -hmm. their home. Um, and so I had some concerns about that, but I do, I think, that they are probably one of the most mature couples this season in terms of like, even though they have some differences in terms of culture, they're able to like talk through things. Yes. Reasonably. yes. And even though they may not agree on everything that they're at least able to have that conversation and, and that mm -hmm. communication is really going to be important, you know, for a healthy relationship. Yeah, there's a nice level of respectfulness between the two of them, you know, even though Ariella is obviously disappointed, um, you know, she's still trying to smile and acknowledging that I know you were trying to do good, you know, mm -hmm. and so, so, so she sees like the good that he's trying to do and then is trying to be very gentle with some of her feedback too. So I, I do think that's great. Kind of where we left off with them is that mom had make it, made a suggestion that they should perhaps look into another place that they could possibly live into and kind of leave the couple with thinking about that might be something that they do next. Mm -hmm. And I really hope at some point during this season that, mind you, they are showing Ethiopia as it is, but I also hope that they show some of the beautiful parts of Ethiopia too, um, that there are very modern parts of, of the city and other areas. Um, and also some of the nature too, that I hope they're able to highlight that as well and not just show this one picture of, of poverty in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I hope for for the future. 
Yeah, but I, I think, you know, out of all the, you know, difficulties, though, I think that they are going to be able to work through it. And, and who knows what may happen down the road as we continue watching the season, because um, I'm mm-hmm. curious about if she will leave before it's time to give birth. Um, but I think that they have the best possibility of being a successful relationship out of all the mm-hmm. couples um, this season. Well, besides uh, Kenneth and Amanda, I think they have some great possibilities as well. But I think those are probably the two that have the most um, opportunities to, to be successful in their relationship. Well, and speaking of Kenneth and Armando, how about we talk about them next? Yeah, so Kenneth and Armando, um, you know, I think their, their clip this week was very brief. Um, mm-hmm. Kenneth is 57. He is from Pitts, uh, St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, sorry. And Armando is in Mexico. He's 31. And um, as we found out a couple of episodes ago, Kenneth actually was driving all the way from Florida to Mexico and he's making his way, you know, along the road, um, as we saw in, in the episode. And, um, and Armando has left his uh, hometown in Mexico to mm-hmm. go to their new home and, and get things set up. And so most of what we saw was um, Armando getting the house set up. Um, he's excited to see Kenneth arrive and for them to start their life together. Um, he's uh, making this uh, gift, like a frame. It was so cute. Um, for uh, Kenneth to really show their um, sort of journey to become being together. So, you know, with, with uh, the image of, like, he cut out a little Florida state and, and, and had, like, the little road map with some yarn. Um, it really talked about how, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of money, um, that Kenneth really appreciates when he does those, like, small things that really are meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he thought that he would really sort of appreciate um, that. And then, you know, we see glimpses of Kenneth making his drive, you know, across country, um, being able to, to enter into Mexico. And he's having him just like an amazing time <laughs> on this road trip, you know, driving. Oh, yeah, he's bopping he to house music. <laughs> uh, he, likes to, he likes to drive. And so he's jamming down with his music. And uh, poor Truffles. Truffles is so adorable. But uh, <laughs> Truffles is like uh, she's hanging on. Um, oh, she- you know, I'm not sure. But. She's just like comfy in the little seat next to him and he's, um, you know, driving excited. Mm. Um, and I think like for me again, like it was a really short clip of them mostly sort of preparing to, to see each other. But what really I was uh, struck by was that, you know, Kenneth um, is basically gonna, going to have to support them, you know, yeah. for the next, you know, however many um, months. And Armando says he's not making enough to sort of support and Kenneth is uh, at least he's paying for the rent and things like that. And so I'm just curious how that's going to work out long term. You know, if is Kenneth going to be able to like find employment? And, you know, again, like finances is another big part of, you know, relationships and marriages. Uh, but they have an amazing uh, place set up in a gated community, given some. I want to go visit. It looks so nice. Sorry <laughs> and they to spend out the so view nice. was like, I was like this like view looking out was like amazing when they spanned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm excited for them to see sort of what, what that is going to be like once they get together. Mm-hmm. I, I cut you off for a second, but I think one of the things you were saying was making a comment about how they, the reasons why they chose a gated community. Mm-hmm. Too. No, and, yeah. So because of, of having those concerns about being gay in Mexico and, mm-hmm. and not 
knowing like what areas may be safe. And so um, I think they made some smart decisions. Um, I think again, like trying to figure out not only just about that community, but again, like his parents still are not fully on board. And so we'll have to see that unfold, you know, in the next couple of episodes. And uh, when they go back, once Kenneth gets there to go back to get his daughter, um, Armando's daughter uh, from his parents' house and um, have to wait to see if, if mom and dad are both going to, to greet them when, when he goes back. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I really want a happy ending for them. I just feel like they deserve it so much. I want a happy ending for them. Then I would like to be friends with them. So Kenneth and Armando, <laughs> if this reaches you at any point in time, I would love to, when, you know, the Corona is finished, I would love to come and visit. It seems like you have a lovely place. It also seems like you would be great friends. So, and I think I need an Armando in my life because, oh, that gift was just so cute. Yeah, no, I think again, like these two couples that we just discussed, I think have the, the best chance to survive. Um, after that, I, I don't know where we're going to go. So <laughs> let's talk about uh, Devin and Jihoon. Yes, because this is one couple, although they have already married, I, I don't know where it's going to go with them. But um, so we have Devin and Jihoon and, and their scene picks up right after their argument. And uh, Devin goes back into their apartment and Jihoon asks to talk with her again. And he basically apologizes for all the wrongs that he's done and for being selfish and and talks about how stressful it was to have a wife and then have two kids and, and that that's been weighing on him. But then he also goes into talking about how the reason why he works part-time instead of full-time is that he wants to be able to basically relax when he would like to relax and yeah. you can't do that when you're doing it full-time. Um, and then he also lets her know that he has been able to save some money, about $3,000. And although he's given it to his mother because he does not trust himself with his finances, again, this goes back to that maturity level. Devin is shocked and pissed. One, that this man could not work harder for his family, knowing that, yes, you have a family now to take care of. So, and I think she said, um, that she was somewhat offended that he wanted to take more naps and that's mm -hmm. why part-time job. She was also really upset with the fact that he had saved money and he has it aside, but yet she's been the one that has had to work full time and has been spending all her money. Mm -hmm. So she sees it as more of he's been keeping his money to himself, but allowing her to take care of the family. And that's not something that she's happy with. And it's also starting to make her think that she may not want to be together with him. So yeah. we kind of see this kind of short scene end with her deciding to take the kids and her mom to a hotel to think things over and her feeling that she's been tricked by Jihoon and Jihoon saying that he thinks the game is over. Yeah. Which I think it kind of is. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how Jihoon is going to recover I mean, he has to have a, I, I think, a big kind of slap to the face, and maybe this happens next week with his mom, that he needs to take on more responsibility, get a full-time job, and, and really be more uh, of a participant in helping to take charge and lead the family. But yeah. as it is right now, he's, he's, not, he's not stepping up. 
I, I mean, and I think, you know, I think Devin was rightfully um, upset, angry, pissed, whatever language you want to use, because like she's given up everything to come to South Korea, um, mm-hmm. her job. And, you know, she spent the last of her money to pay the, the first, you know, this one month of rent. And so I'm assuming that mom is going to help with the hotel stuff. I mean, that wasn't really discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, you know, because they were leaving the house that they had um, rented out, you know, already. And so I think, you know, he has a lot of work to do. And I think that trust is broken. And, and I don't know, like, it's not going to be a short term recovery to like turn all of this around. Mm-hmm. Like if they are going to be able to survive, like he's going to have to do a lot of work. Um, financially like you really have to start working part-time and taking your like naps i like naps are great and i'm not going to Mm -hmm. discount the fact that um people should take some naps because i i definitely try to give me some naps in especially during this covid sort of Mm -hmm. uh quarantine work work life balance um but you can't take a nap at the sacrifice of not like working and specifically when you have a family to support like you got to put in some work and and he is not um, doing that and so I think she I think she's leaving when her mom leaves like she's going back to the United States I don't know what the status of their relationship um, would be but I think like for me like trust is really important and, and I think for anybody if we talk about relationships like that's a core um, I think necessity with relationships is like if you don't have trust in your relationship like there's no way that relationship can work. And so for me, once that trust is broken, like it's hard to come back mm-hmm. and and I just don't know. Like I I'm kind of like done with Devin and Jihoon at this point for the season. I just don't I don't see it working out. Yeah, the other thing that is, is impressed upon me is that it doesn't feel like they have a true partnership. And and partnership can look very differently. It doesn't have to be a a pure 50-50, but it's an understanding of this is the expectation of what you contribute to our life together, and this is what you contribute to our life together, and I don't see that happening. It's it's very clear Jihoon's still kind of doing his own thing while Devin is trying to make them all a family, and mm-hmm. it's just not, he's not there right now, and so who knows if he'll get there or not, And and again, I'm going back to their age, so you know, Jihoon is, is 29. Devin is so young. She's 23 years old. So I, I give her so much credit of being very clear on, you know, these are the needs that I have. This is what I need to take. This is what we need to take care of the family. Um, so it's just, it's just sad that they can't be on the same page right now. Yeah. But I think this also, you know, there's a lot of talk about, um, maturity, in men versus women and i think somewhere i heard like there's a seven year like gap in in terms of mm. that so this is a clear example mm. of <laughs> her being you know in her early 20s and being much more mature um than he is almost reaching um 30 and so like he has a lot of growing up to do and i'm not going to say that um you know your parents shouldn't support you in trying to to make some changes in, in life and, and meet some goals and, and help you be more responsible. But for the fact of you being 29 and like you don't even trust yourself to like set aside money in your own bank account, like that in itself is problematic in that you feel like you need 
to have your like your mom like you're still mm-hmm. a kid and so i think like it's really um disheartening to think that you have you are prepared to like parent and take care of of devin um when you are still like your mom is still raising you in so many words yeah I wonder too, and and I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but I wonder if the fact that Devin was in the States for a while with the kids and and living there, and so that Jihoon wasn't actively with the family, that maybe this allowed him to continue to, you know, kind of still be juvenile because he really didn't have his family in his face. So I'm almost wondering if now this might make it him switch his attitude switch a bit more because now it's permanent they're here they're physically here it's not just i have some family and abstractly they're somewhere you know far away right now at this point i mean i i think that sounds nice to like play (laughs) (laughs) i think i don't think that's gonna change him because i think like that time was that time was there to allow you the opportunity to like get your stuff in order and, Mm -hmm. you know, to get a job and, you know, to prepare to financially support, you know, them in South Korea. And you didn't do that. And you actively lied because you told her that you had, you know, two jobs. And now you're saying that you have a part-time job so you can take naps. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's going to, like, he's not ready to change right now. Okay. All right. I I was trying, Jihoon. You try. You, you gave him. You gave him a chance, and, and I think that's perfectly fine. But <laughs> I don't think he's ready yet, so we will have to continue to watch to see how this pans out. But um, I think game is over for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who I wonder if the game is going to be over soon? Submit. Submit. Oh, my next paper <laughs> couple, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah. So. The next cup was Jenny and Submit. Jenny 61, um, Submit is 32. And so Jenny has finally arrived um, in India. And I think it's a couple of days since she's been there um, now. But um, she, you know, the, the episode opens up with them meeting up with Submit's friend, Neerich. And um, they're all going to like spend some time together and, and, and enjoy, you know, India. And Jenny brings up the idea about this entanglement. Well, not an entanglement, but that's, oh, I just Lord, feel like I wanted I, to I say knew, the word. I, I, knew, just, <laughs> I knew Gina and Will would, would make an entrance but at some point. Jenny brings up the, the part about, you know, the divorce papers and um, really wanting to get proof that Summit is actually, you know, um, divorced, you know, from the, the, the woman who he was married to at the same time when she was last um, in India. And she's like really on him about, you know, these divorce papers and talks about how, you know, she's been, it's been on her mind and she feels like she, um, you know, is a fool for coming back to India without having the proof. But they sit mm-hmm. down with Neerich and, um, you know, he's like, I'm really shocked, you know, that, that you're back. And um, they begin to talk about, you know, Neerich being aware of Samit's marriage and that he sort of wanted to like, um, bringing up and that he encouraged Submit to like, you know, tell Jenny um, about the marriage. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And, and she talks about, she makes a statement about how uh, male friends in India are really tight and 
Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, I don't know if that's just in India. Maybe it's yeah. just. Me. <laughs> I was like, it's his friend. <laughs> Keep your friends secrets. Yeah, friends are going to like you know keep each other secrets, and 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 I think he did the right thing as a friend to say like you need to like step up and tell her this. I think he mm-hmm. he did his job as a friend. Um, but Jenny was like, uh, maybe you should have told me. I was like, uh, I don't know, Jenny. I mean, it would have been great if 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 um, he could have encouraged Samita to. To open up and, and tell her about that, but they sort of got into a conversation about time frames and Nirich himself is going through a divorce. And Jenny's mm-hmm. like, um, like the look on her face when she said, when he said four years, it's been taking him. She's like, wait, four years, four wait, years. Wait, let, let's call it what it was. Jenny went full on Kanye. She was like, <laughs> he was like, it took me four years. She was like, huh, huh? <laughs> you know, she went full Kanye. Yeah, she was shocked. Yeah, and so I think, you know, he, Nirish got to the point where he was like, you know, Samit, you need to really make sure that you go tomorrow to to get these papers and see the lawyer. So um, I think they are going to um, have some conversations about sort of this divorce process. But I think, you know, we've talked about before, I am really holding out to see if Jenny is really ready to like walk away if she doesn't get these divorce papers or now if if she hears that okay it's going to take four years or longer Mm -hmm. um before you know the the divorce is final Mm -hmm. i just don't think she'll again i've said this before i don't think that she will leave him I, i i don't think that i think that she really does care for him she loves him i think he really cares for her too and he loves her he's just not being honest um, which some might question if you love someone, you should be honest with them. Um, so he has a problem with that area, but I, I, I think that she will come up with some rationale as to why she would stay with him and continue. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't think that she'll give him up. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see that they both do love and care for each other. I think mm-hmm. as you sort of touched on is that, you know, does he know that the divorce is actually going to take longer. And it sounds like part of the issue may be if his, um, I don't even know if I want to call her ex-wife at this point, um, Mm -hmm. if she is going to contest, yeah, if his wife is going to um, contest the marriage or want, you know, some some of money um, in addition to, you know, the divorce. And so I think if, that is the issue, then it may make it much more difficult for that process to end quickly because it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like he is financially um, stable enough to like have this excess income to mm-hmm. be able to like pay, you know, his wife to finalize the divorce. Well, I, I, I wondered about that because Jenny made a comment about that because when the friend was saying that it took him four years, he was saying that it took him four years because that there's financial stuff. He's kind of contesting how much he's going to pay his ex-wife. And Samit is saying that they already agreed to an amount. And Jenny's question was, can you afford to pay it? Or something to that effect. So I wonder if that's going to come up later, because like you said, you know, Samit has given an indication that he doesn't have that much money. It doesn't sound like his family was supportive of him divorcing his wife. So I don't see where he would get the money from if he didn't have it. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that financial piece will come up 
you know, maybe he asked Jenny for the money, which I don't know where she would get that from. And I certainly don't think her daughters would lend it to her. So that would yeah. be curious. We'll have to see. I, I mean, we, we already learned that Jenny has given up, you know, a lot of things in terms of her finances. So she's mm-hmm. definitely not going to be able to support him. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on them. And now let's talk about the couple of the episode. Brittany and Yazan. I mean, that's where everything went down this week. Yeah, so let's talk about Brittany and Yazan. So um, this is, I think, both of our, one of our favorite couples yes. Yes. that we both have in common. Um, so the episode opened up with um, Yazan showing up to Brittany's hotel, and um, she's excited to see him. He's excited to see her. But she's also waiting for him to apologize for his Mm-hmm. behavior the previous night um, because she was upset. He comes into the hotel, he has a flower um, for her and, and uh, he has something in a bag as a, as a like little gift. And so she's like, um, she's excited, but redu- reluctant to like engage him because she's like, um, okay, so like, do you have something to say to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak, and he sort of gets, gets going is like, you know, um, he was mad at her because she was like uh, breaking Islamic law by hugging someone of the production and, and you know, having the alcohol um, in her bag. And he felt like that was being disrespectful because she wasn't really caring about um, his culture. Mm-hmm. And so she really talked about how she was going to really try to put her um, feelings aside, but they were definitely going to have to come back, you know, to that conversation um, since he decided that they were, going to go see his parents um, today. Mm-hmm. And so um, he, before they get ready to leave, tells her, you know, he has a gift for her. And she's like, wait, what is this? And um, he's like, you can't go to see my parents dressed like this. <laughs> so that already started to spark a little bit of something. And she was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll put this on when I get in the car. And so they both decide to leave. But as soon as they got in the car ride, um, sort of that argument began to like spiral a little bit and um you know he talks about him being upset and 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 she needs to like change herself if she really loved him and she's like if you really love me then you should have this mutual uh respect for me and so they're both really i think struggling to accept you know each other's culture in some level which i think again as we've talked about it's going to make it difficult for them to sort of move forward with their relationship but she gets a little bit snappy and she's like you know you're trying to turn me into this little muslim girl you know if that's what you well, want you, you know should you know, marry one of your cousins let me disagree with you she got snappy for a reason she was trying to tell him and she was being very calm about feeling disrespected mm-hmm. about you know signs of red flags with his je- he keeps talking about being jealous and as an arab man being jealous you know, she asked him not to call her baby. And the way he responded is exactly the way if somebody responds to me, I would get agitated too. It was very patronizing, very much like he saw it kind of, he even laughed at one point in time. He was smiling like he just thought it was humorous, the way that she was acting like it was ridiculous. That's why she responded in kind. So oh, she no, I, yeah, no I agree. Reason. Like it was, it was, um, it was her appropriate reaction, yes, you know, yes. to that. So I definitely agree with that. Um, but then I, I think, didn't you know, mean to snap at you, but. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I think like, so like rightfully so, like they are going to have difficulties with this sort of culture clash is what I've been calling mm-hmm. it. Um, and so they get to his parents' house and she puts the hijab on, which was what was in the bag. Uh, but then she's like, you know, this is the last time I'm wearing this um, hijab because I'm messing up my expensive wigs. <laughs> Brittany, take off the wig. I didn't understand why she did that. I did not, and maybe she didn't want to do it in front of the cameras, but she could have just, you know, turned or gone somewhere real quick, just take the wig off and then put it over right. her head. So, so I we'll, didn't we'll see what happens with this whole hijab thing, but um, yeah. in, in the wigs. Um, but they get to they get to his parents' house and it started off actually pleasant. She talked mm-hmm. about really trying to like put all of this aside and, and you know uh, be cordial, so to speak, uh, with his parents and, and you know his parents greeted her nicely, mom mm-hmm. complimented her on how she looked. But after that greeting, it no. just sort of went left. Um, so dad started conversations. Of course, Brittany um doesn't speak their language so she was like oblivious to what was going on but we find out that um Yazan and his dad were basically planning you know the wedding and that the wedding is going to be happening mm-hmm. soon <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they argue about that because Brittany obviously like we know she's still married um and she's not ready to get married right now or at least right away but um, they argue because, again, like, Yuzan is really, uh, you know, he's calling her baby, and she doesn't like that. And so she, like, says, stop calling me that. So they get into another argument, this time in front of his parents. And what caught me off guard was that um, his mom got in, got in, like, she inserted herself um, into that argument and was like, you shouldn't disagree with them. Like, if he says you're his baby, you're the you're <laughs> baby. You're the baby. <laughs> and then she calls her a prostitute, apparently, what the translation said. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. This is not going to work out. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm, like, speechless at this point about yeah. Yazan and Brittany. Well, the parents, because you could tell there was a point where it, it was like the father knew that something's going on. He may not know that Brittany's still married, but it, it sounds like she's pushed off the wedding a couple of times. So to the parents, it's, do you really want to get married to our son? Because it seems like you're always coming up with an excuse to not move forward. So they are picking up on something that is really happening. Mm-hmm. Now, how that got expressed was just, I, I, I felt for Brittany to be in a situation where people start yelling at you and you really don't know what's going on. You're not in, you know, this is not your family. You don't really know these people, these folks. Um, and you're in a new environment that that's, that, that can be scary, especially somebody angrily yelling at you at the same time. Right. So really, you know, f- felt for her. But I just don't see how this is going to work out. It seems to be very clear from the parents' end that she needs to become Muslim, that they need to get married. And Brittany is saying that she is not ready to convert at this point in time, and she may or may not convert in the future. And she's married right now, Mm -hmm. which they don't know that part yet. So I just don't know how this is going to be resolved. Yeah. And I think the other piece that you sort of touched on is that um, his dad was – 
really curious about sort of where she stood in terms of like even trying to learn about that culture because he was like, you know, what did you, did you read anything about, mm-hmm. you know, Islam before you came here? And she was like, no, I didn't. And so then, you know, Yazan was like, well, you know, you're sort of disrespecting me right now in front of my parents, so to speak. And, um, and really uh, this idea about um, counseling her life or again, like completely changing herself uh, for him, which his parents also sort of stated, um, similar to what Yazan had, you know, mentioned earlier in, in the episode. And I don't think that's going to sit well with Brittany. And I know we've had conversations about, you know, Brittany's going to have a hard time for either because she doesn't want to, or just because of the, the challenges of like, um, presenting herself differently, you know, for his parents or even just because she's in, um, Jordan, that that's going to be difficult. I mean, trying to adapt and, you know, assimilate to a different culture is a process. And I think his parents and maybe even Yazan expect her to be like, okay, I'm in Jordan now. And so I'm going to behave in a way that is consistent with this culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I, I found a little irritating and, and a little bit disturbing about this scene too, was that first Yazan wasn't doing a direct translation. So at certain times he wasn't really capturing everything that they were saying, which I think might've been helpful for her to hear, even if it would have made her slightly upset. But then the other part is, it seems like he's on the same page as his parents so he's not, and, and, and culturally, I do understand that, you know, in, in many cultures, respecting your parents is, is so important, and you don't necessarily want to dis- disagree with them, you don't want to disrespect them, but I think there could have been a way for him to explain, you know, she just needs time, it's not that she doesn't, you know, uh, care about our culture. I, I didn't see, I think that there were small ways that he could have uh, stood up for her without being disrespectful to his family, that could have helped calm that situation down. But it seemed like he really wanted them on his side and he was letting that go. So that I didn't feel too great about. Yeah, but this, but this also seems like a, like a repeat pattern for him because mm-hmm. I think he's, like he is, um, I'll say bending the truth um, for both Brittany as well as for his parents um because I I mean I think this came up a couple episodes before about them not having sex before marriage or something like that and um I don't know like the status of their relationship um I just it just seems like they may have and I think he's obviously like communicated to his parents that that you know hasn't you know happened because they you know are not married Uh, and maybe it hasn't to play devil's advocate maybe it hasn't Mm -hmm. Um, but I get the sense that he's, you know, he's telling little white lies to both uh, Brittany and uh, to his parents about um, the the process of what is required for them to get married and to convert and, and, and what conversations that him and Brittany have had about this. I think he's not being as open, you know, to his parents and maybe that's part of that sort of respect um, that mm-hmm. he has for them as well. Okay. Yes, I agree. We'll see if they make it through the the season again. <laughs> we will see. So, Dr. Page. Yes, Dr. Turner. 
It's that time in the show. Yep, it's time for The Page Turner, where we share what we're most looking forward to in next week's episode. So, Dr. Turner, what are you looking forward to next week? You know, I think I am, I'm going to go with Jenny and submit um, next week. I really am curious about this conversation with the lawyer that they Mm -hmm. have um, and really trying to see if um, submit has actually started the process, how far along he is in the process and how Jenny is going to handle when the lawyer um, answers, you know, sort of what the status of that divorce process is and how long it can take because I got to, they showed us a little peek into next, next weekend. Um, they actually do visit the lawyer. And so I'm like, okay, is Gina going to get the answers that she wants to hear or get the answers that's going to make her have that hard decision about, um, do I go back, you know, to the United States or not? So that's what I'm looking forward to next week. Okay. What about you? What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Kenneth and Armando. They finally get to see each other. So after that long, long trip that Kenneth has made and now Armando has the little house ready, they get to see each other and just be happy. So I'm excited for that. That I have my tissues ready, you know, because they're the couple that most likely make us cry. So, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a happy moment. Great. And they actually, so this, I think this is the first episode that they did make us cry so far. I don't know about you. I was tearful. There was tears already. <laughs> you were tearful this, this last there episode? Was, yeah, because Kenneth was still talking about, like, missing his family and, like, you know, talking about how much he loved mm. our mom, So I just thought that was so sweet. Okay. So maybe some people got tearful. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> it wasn't a tearjerker for me this week, but, um, but we'll see. I, I, I'm definitely, again, like, they are one of my couples that I think are actually going to be able to some to make it um, this season. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. All right. Well, and we'll see you all next week. Take care all. Thank you for listening to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. Give us your thoughts. Was it good for you? What other shows would you like to see us recap? Be sure to like us on Facebook and also share the episode. Thanks for joining us and join us next time on Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.